Welcome to the Deep Dive into Agile Marketing Podcast with your host, John Cass. Together, we'll take a closer look at the ins and outs of marketing through an agile lens. You'll learn from interviews with top agile thought leaders and practitioners and gain fresh new insights for your journey. Let's get ready to dive in. Welcome to the Deep Dive into Agile Marketing with John Cass. I'm your host, John Cass, here in Boston, Massachusetts. Today, I'll be interviewing Alan Belneck, who is the Senior Product Manager at VHB. Welcome, Alan. John, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to the conversation today. Same here. So um, when we were talking earlier about this podcast, we talked a little bit about your early background in Agile and also what led you to where you are uh, here today. Um, I, I believe you started in engineering, uh, and not only that, you started working at uh, uh, VHB in engineering, and then moved on to, to do software product management projects, uh, and are now back. Could you tell me a little bit more about the, um, the background and, and what you're doing now? Sure. My undergrad degree is in civil engineering, kind of had a passion for that growing up, and I ended up at VHB uh, right around 2000 and was working as a transportation uh, traffic uh, consulting engineer. Really enjoyed the work. I thought it was great. Um, over time, uh, my passion for technology caught up, and I went back to school to get an MBA and really kind of got the bug about social media, social networking, digital technology. And, and left VHB on really good terms, uh, <laughs> as you can obviously see, uh, to pursue um, a career in software product management. Had an opportunity to join a friend at a technology-focused company to do that, kind of uh, first time, not really having any, any core background. I jumped into a software product management role for a particular product where we, we were using agile software product management, which is where I got my exposure to it. And the interesting thing for me is that I didn't know traditional or waterfall or big upfront design software product management, which was what some of my colleagues on other products were doing. I only knew Agile because that's how I learned it. So I was on a group that did Agile software product management, but among other product teams who were, who were doing the traditional way. So I could kind of get to look over their shoulders or hear conversations and hear how they did it, but we did it uh, a certain way. I uh, worked there for, for several years in a couple different roles. Worked in other marketing roles as I was moving um, kind of throughout the whole social digital marketing space uh, in the Boston area. Got to apply some of those lessons and learnings. And eventually, as you mentioned earlier, came back to VHB in a brand new role, in a software product management role. They didn't have that before. So I got to bring, come back to a company that I knew well, I know the space, and apply all the things I've learned about software product management, agile and otherwise, uh, into um, shepherding forward a piece of software. Great. Um, so when you moved to marketing roles, um, you know, you were doing social media and also content. How did you compare how engineering ran things uh, to marketers? Uh, in certain respects, it was similar and in other ones, it was different. And let me give you an example. Some of the engineering colleagues I worked with were fairly uh, organized, um, not rigid, but just uh, tried and true process. Things were more binary. Uh, decision made, uh, decisions were made based on, on outcomes, um, gate, stage gates, things like that. Spreadsheets to track things, uh, calculations documented. Um, things would go into a, an appendix of, of a document to show all the proof that, that, that you've done certain things. Some of the marketers that I worked with were more along the lines of, and this is at various companies, and I don't want to call any one person or place out because um, that's not really the point. It's more that 
some of the marketers I worked with would be like, hey, we're going to go do a webinar and we're going to um, put some flyers out there, do a little bit of uh, direct marketing. And I'd be like, oh, okay, great. Like, you know, what, which, which channel kind of works better? And I'd kind of get like a blank look and say, like, what do you mean? And like, well, we've always just done webinars and, and direct marketing. So that's kind of just like what we do. And I'm like, well, if you don't really know what's working for you, how, how do you know where you're spending your money? And I never really got a good solid answer uh, from some marketing people about that. And it just kind of made me scratch my head. I'm like, well, geez, you know, I don't think you need to track stuff down to the penny because you're going to spend more time in the tracking than the actual doing the marketing. But if you honestly have no idea, well, then how, then how do you know where to spend that money? So I was a little confused. Other marketers I worked with were truly agile. And this is more, I saw this in the, in the startup space in the sense of, we need to do X. X could be gain users, grow market share, subscribers, downloads, whatever it was. And we've got a lot of levers we can pull. We don't have enough time to pull every single lever. So what we have to do is try a couple things. If it works, great. Can we try it a little more? Can we dig in? If it doesn't, abandon ship, move on, try something else. And abandon ship might actually mean just come back and try it again later. But what we can't do is sit there and spend six months trying three different things and say, does it work? Because you just don't have that kind of time. You've got to be nimble. You've got to be quick. You've got to look for essentially uh, directionally to do things work. And then if so, then you, you dig in a little more and get the proof. So engineers and marketers um, were interesting. Uh, in some places, um, the marketers I worked with did see that level of detail and want that level of detail and granularity. In other places, it was more like, eh, I don't have time for it. I can't be bothered. So it seems as if you um, looked at different companies that you worked at and you sometimes you saw the need for agile and marketing. Um, did you, you know, did you, did you see the need right across all the companies? No, in different places, it varied based on a couple of factors. One, whether or not I got the sense an agile marketing approach would be well received. Um, the personalities involved and kind of the uh, ways of doing things. Sometimes um, introducing new methods is, is very open and welcome. So there's more of a culture uh, discussion. And some of the places it's, nope, this is the way we do things. And uh, I appreciate your point of view, but we've always done it this way. And that's how we're going to continue doing it. Uh, and th that, does, that doesn't mean you can't maybe apply agile thinking in those kinds of environments. You just might not be able to employ a full-on agile methodology. And I choose those two nouns carefully because you can you can be an agile marketer without necessarily using an agile marketing methodology. Uh, so it was more of a case by case basis. But in my mind, I think there's value in setting up a marketing plan up front, uh, identifying some goals and trying to execute against them. And I also think there's value in saying, all right, what are we going to do this week? Because um, half of what we did last week worked and the other half didn't. So we've got to pivot and do something different. Let's go. Well, I, I think that's really interesting, Alan, which is, uh, we talked about this earlier, which is that you'd said that there were some uh, companies that you worked at and you just mentioned a few moments ago where it was mentioned, oh, we don't want you extending things. So how did you manage that? How did you ma manage that in a situation where you're more constrained about what you could do? Could you give an example? In one particular place I worked at, there were lots of people who kind of had some specific roles and responsibilities. It isn't as if this organization didn't value creativity. They just wanted creativity applied in certain ways. Uh, they didn't want you to really extend beyond what you were tasked to do, uh, move outside of your swim lane, so to speak. And so it's tough for when you have people who work in those kinds of environments who might have passions that lie outside of their direct interest or uh, suggestions or options to be creative. So in those, in those situations, John, I think it comes down to, at least for me, uh, was how to get creative 
uh, with your word choice and your meetings. So instead of saying to your manager, hey, I think we should do X, Y, Z over in you know this area, which is clearly outside of your swim lane, maybe instead you don't go to your manager, but you go to the person who's working in that division and you meet them over lunch and you chat about what they do and you arrive at a friendly conversation and kind of maybe insert ideas into the conversation without basically saying, hey, I want to do your job for you. Or rather, say something that could be perceived as, I want to do your job for you, because that's kind of ultimately what it came down to. Um, so I think in a lot of those cases where you have to kind of flex the creativity in certain ways without it making it look like you're trying to instill a new methodology, and it's just more about understanding the cultural norms and just navigating those political waters carefully. So one of the questions that I get asked often uh, is how do you start uh, an agile marketing uh, framework within a company? Um, so how do you, but how do you get stakeholders on board with the process? You know, say you're, you're starting a new project or you're going to a new company, how would you recommend to people that they get those stakeholders on board? One way to do that in my experience is to just frankly ask questions, ask questions, like take it, take advantage of the fact that maybe you're the new person or it's a new quarter uh, or, or the, the newness of it all and that you're just on a fact-finding mission. Not a finger-pointing mission, but a fact-finding mission. So in the example I kind of gave before where I, I said, hey, so what's working best for you? Is it webinars or direct mail? And you know, my colleague would say, geez, we don't really know because we've never, you know, this is what we've always done. So maybe dig in a little bit that, a little more, say, oh, okay, well, gee, how many webinars did you do last year? Uh, we did seven. Oh, okay. How much does it cost to, when, how much does it cost to, to, to run a webinar? Oh, it costs X dollars. Okay. How many people do you get to sign up? Uh, how many, you know, how many leads, how many conversions? Just kind of go through, just say, hey, I just want to understand because I'm thinking about doing a webinar also, or I'm thinking maybe we should double down on webinars uh, and just get all those facts and then say, okay, think about it and then come back to the team with our presentation. It doesn't have to be PowerPoint, it could be just a chat and say, Hey, you know, it looks like we've done these webinars. We've done these direct mail pieces. Uh, it takes a long time to pull those together. What if we did half of each and tried instead um, this content piece? Let's try that for two weeks, two weeks being after you produce it, maybe two weeks in the field. Um, with, and we'll, we'll launch it with some mail, some social, uh, whatever. And let's just see what we get for leads on that. And then we'll reconvene in two weeks and see how that did. If it doesn't, doesn't work, we'll, we'll go back to, to you know, increasing our spend on webinars and direct mail. And all that looks like is a one-time experiment. But if you squint and look, that's really agile marketing. Because what you're doing is you're pausing something else that was only working so-so, you're trying something new. And after two weeks, if that works, great. Let's take something else and pause that and try something new. And do that for two weeks or one week. And again, and again. And what you're doing over and over again is instead of doing it the tried and true way that you've always done it with barely any regard for metrics, you're trying something new, you're looking at the results, you're making a decision, and you're going forward. Lather, rinse, repeat. Is it the case that you try that out and don't even mention Agile and then have things working and then go back and say, well, you've been doing Agile all this, all, all this time? And uh, have you yeah. had that circumstance? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's kind of like the, uh, the whole notion of uh, introducing new food to, to a child who says they, they would never eat X, and then you introduce X to them and not tell them that it is. And then when they're all done, say, hey, guess what? Did you know that you just ate X? And they get all angry at you because, because you pulled the wool over their eyes. So sometimes just not mentioning it um, will help because you know some people have a visceral reaction to, to trying something new because it has a new name on it. Um, this way you're saying, hey, let's think about this a little bit differently. And does it matter what you call it? Not really. 
um, you're just going about it a different way. Uh, in some organizations, you may have to apply and give it a name, but you know, in my experience, and I'm sure other folks you interview and some of the, even the listeners might have a different opinion on it, and that's fine. Because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you call it. Just, is it working for you or not? Because if it's not, it's time to try something different. How do you manage the process? And, and you might use different techniques depending upon different companies that you've worked with. But uh, I think it'd be interesting to hear how you've used uh, Agile operationally. You know, is it Scrum, Sprints? What's the process you use? Well, one example I can give is when I was at a startup and that was probably the best use case for this discussion because we needed to do, we need to get signups and subscribers to a service um, quickly. Uh, we need to show value to um, our backers that our network is growing and it's worth investing in, in, in all those kinds of things. So we had lots of tests we were going to consider. And so quite frankly, one of the easiest ways to do it was we just fired up a good old Google sheet that we all had access to. We uh, on one tab kind of described all the tests we were going to consider. We created new tabs for each, each test that ran. Uh, just described it up front. In this test, I'm going to, and I don't want to share what we did, but we're going to do X, we're also going to do Y, we're going to do Z, uh, we're hoping to gain this much lift, absolute numbers or percent, we're going to try this. And then below that was all the data that we were going to use in that particular, in that particular test, in that particular email send or that social campaign or what have you. And we would do it. In this case, it was, uh, it was about, for about a week or so or with a particular uh, set of names or something. And then we would look at the results and say, basically, the, the, the phrase we used was, is there a signal there? You know, is there any demonstrable movement positively from that test we just did? Yes or no? No? Okay, park it, move on. Yes? Okay, interesting, park it, but try something new also. Another Excel or Google Sheet tab, try something else. After a handful of tests, a handful of weeks, handful of tabs, okay, which ones had signal? Great, let's, let's, let's look at those again. Can we combine any of these two things together? Um, or can we just take one of the ones that had signal itself, can we double down on it, right? Or can we improve it a little bit more? Do it again. And that was an example of, um, of uh, that's how we shared results because a handful of people had access to that, that Google sheet, saw what we were doing. Someone may even say, hey, I have, you know, mm, I'm not sure if I like that image for your social post. Maybe try something different. Mm, good feedback, thanks. And that's kind of how we collaboratively, collaboratively did the Agile just by using just a shared, in this case it was a spreadsheet, but it could be a doc, could be a wiki, could be anything. When you're working with different stakeholders, not just your team, um, you know, maybe the folks that are actually giving you the projects or, or the goals to achieve, um, how do you use Agile to, to manage the, pro, you know, the flow of, uh, of, of projects and what goals are, ne are needed so that you can actually get some stuff done? How do, you, how do you manage not the internal team, but the outside stakeholders? Um, who are involved in the process using Agile. When it comes to the more prescriptive uh, Agile methodologies, uh, I'll go back to software product management for a moment, like burn down chart and sprint capacity, um, you know, uh, desire, you know, the, the backlog and the capacity of the team for that sprint and those kinds of things. We didn't get to that level of granularity in my experiences with Agile marketing. That was more for the Agile software product management. But the, the takeaways I, I, I could bring to the marketing realm from something that prescriptive would be, okay, well, we need to do something in this quarter. Uh, there are roughly, I think there were 12 or 13 weeks in that particular quarter. If we're doing one new test per week, we've got 13 tests. So, you know, to outwardly communicate the, the grander plan, okay, let's call it maybe in the software world, a full-on release. Okay, now let's break it down into more manageable chunks, week by week by week. We have uh, this much time to do a test. 
we run, run the test, the retrospective, right, from the software world might be, okay, um, the Monday or the Friday afternoon or the Monday after saying, okay, this was the results of the test. These are the takeaways. This is how we're planning for the next test. Uh, and that's how we would break it up. We didn't necessarily go into the level of, of um, you know, how many resource hours do we have to allocate and so on and so forth. So I guess there are some things I could draw from the software product management world of Agile uh, and Plata Marketing, um, but for some, it was more just, I think the, the biggest piece that we got to use and reuse was that we're going to outline a bunch of things we're going to try. We're going to try them quickly and look for signal and takeaways and then double down on those. Great. So how have your social media campaigns and content marketing campaigns benefited from collaboration through Agile Marketing? You know, can you think of any examples where, oh, this is really working. Let's spend some more time on it. And, and then you spent some more time and it worked even more. Can you give any examples like that? I think a great example of that is running kind of ads on LinkedIn. Um, and and if, you, if you didn't know it, uh, listeners, uh, LinkedIn essentially does Agile Marketing for you. And this is what I mean. If you've ever run an ad on LinkedIn, you have to come up with a handful of things. You got to have your call to action, your, your URL, your copy, but also your image, right? And what happens is if you run uh, ads on LinkedIn, they even suggest, hey, upload up to five different ones. And they will cycle through handfuls of pictures, oh, I'm sorry, of image and text combinations. And you go into your ad the next day <clears throat> or 20, after 24 hours, whatever you want to call it, and you look it will show you the performance of which kind of combination worked better than others. I think Facebook does this now too. It's been a while since I've done Facebook ads, but, uh, and then it'll, tell, it'll basically tell you or do for you or suggest to you, Hey, this, this combination worked better than the others. You should go double down on these. Well, that's kind of what agile marketing is, right? Uh, you're trying something, you're doing a test, you're looking for the results, you're looking for the signal, things that don't work, stop doing things that do work, double down on. And so that's how, kind of how we would do it. Um, you know, years ago when before LinkedIn and Facebook would automate that process, we would try a couple different things, look at the performance. Even if it was a week long ad, we wouldn't check in after a week. We'd check in after a day. How is that spend working? Do we allocate enough spend? Oh, we, we, we burned out the spend in the first six hours. Jeez, maybe we need to modify um, our, our, our targeting because maybe we're targeting too broadly and we're burning up our spend too fast. Jeez, that image is really isn't, people aren't clicking on it. Maybe we try a different, a different image, different call to action. That's being agile enough when, especially when you're spending that money and you've got a limited budget to spend over the week, you want to make sure that you get that right on the first day so you can sustain that spend over the balance of days you have to get the most value out of your campaign. So uh, one question that was really curious to me was, um, are there differences between larger departments or larger companies compared to smaller departments or, or, or companies? To a degree, yes. I also think there's a couple other factors that go into that. Is are you publicly traded or private? Are you startup or are you, um, you know, established? I, typically, I think established companies are going to have bigger departments, but you know that's not always the case. In smaller, in smaller teams, some of that conversation and that knowledge transfer happens even just verbally because you maybe you sit in an open environment or the person, the people that you work with are quite literally steps away. So there's a little bit of a freer exchange. Uh, you get that that just that real-time collaboration. Sometimes in a bigger environment, you might have people who sit in different floors, different buildings. Uh, it doesn't mean you can't pick up the phone or, or just send an email, but there is something to say for that face-to-face -face interaction uh, using, using Skype or uh, Slack or those kinds of things. Just, you know, any ways you, you can communicate. Uh, I do think that in the smaller teams, especially in the start, so in my experience, the startups were smaller teams. 
there is this inherent notion of you have to be scrappy. You have to try things quickly. You can't wait six months to see returns on what you're doing because you just don't have that luxury of time. In some bigger organizations, which isn't to say that they're lazy uh, or they're not nimble, it's just that there tends to be uh, a little more, there tends to be a little more cushion of time. Doesn't mean that the results aren't 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 just as critical, but there is a more cushion of time. And in fact, in some organizations that I've been in, they want time. They want to see time run out. They want to see data, not just over a couple of days to make a quick decision based on signal. They want to see a decision based on real hard and fast data. So sometimes you have to do something for a much longer time um, to make a sound uh, database decision versus that signal quasi gut based decision. So what's been, this, this is a question I've been interested in, what, what's been the evolution of marketing for you? For example, have you seen more use of customer journey mapping? And have you seen the use of agile for such techniques? And, and what differences have, have come about that as you see these new things coming into marketing? I kind of got my start in marketing right when social and content were, were right on that, that the, big, the big uprise. Uh, meaning that more companies were getting into it. It was, I don't want to say a nation space, but uh, a lot of companies were trying to grapple with how they work it into, into their overall marketing mix. And initially at the outset, uh, and even some of the places I worked at and even some of the things I did, it was more just uh, promotion, get stuff out there. But uh, those who do this for a long time, will, like, like a lot of your listeners, were probably shaking their heads and seething and saying, no, 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 it's about engagement and dialogue. And you're right, it is. Because... You know, the example I give is you go online and it's really hard to interact with a brand where all they do is say, you know, sale, we have $5 off, 10% off, just use this. And there's no dialogue. It's just push, 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 right? It's like getting flyers in the mail that you tend to ignore. The brands that work well, the ones that interact in dialogue. And I think even just making those decisions, even over the course of a quarter or six months are agile, right? You can say, I, well, I pushed out, you know, a dozen tweets and, uh, you know, two dozen Facebook posts. and I Nothing happened. I wonder why. Well, maybe if I just, boom, that's an agile moment right there because you're using the data real time to make a decision. You're not waiting 12 months for the next budgeting cycle to make a decision. You're doing something in real time. You're reacting to the data you're seeing. And I think that happens really fast in the, in the social and content world uh, because you see those numbers, you see those reactions really quickly. Over time, when it comes to email, what I've seen is that we're doing less and less, you know, e-blast or uh, spray and pray. We're actually personalizing. Even things just like simply adding someone's first name, right? It sounds silly, but sometimes, you know, people, data is all over the place, whether or not it, it works better or worse for you. But uh, in my experiences, it works better. Um, we use someone's first name or you even use something else in the middle of the first paragraph that's a little more personalized because it makes it look like it's a personally crafted email. I think even when we get those as marketers, we say, oh, wow, this looks good. We know it's been generated by, by a system, a marketing automation system on the back end, but at least they, the marketer who put it together took the time to actually marry in pieces of information that are useful and valuable to me. And those things tend to see a higher engagement. So over the course of my marketing career, how have I see, seen things change from an agile perspective? Moving away from this is the way we've always done it, push it out, wait 12 months, we get a new budget, let's do that all over again, to wait a second, we need to look at things on a much more frequent basis. Wait a second, we can't just do spray and pray. We need to personalize, we need to make it human. Great, Alan, thank you so much. Uh, thanks for joining me on the deep dive into Agile Marketing today, I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, John, I really appreciated our chat. All right, well, thanks, Alan, and thank you, listeners. Join us next time. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Deep Dive into Agile Marketing Podcast. 
Be sure and subscribe to our show and leave a review to let us know what you thought of today's episode. And if you like what you heard and want to learn more, visit www.businessagility.institute.